This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Happy Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 12th, episode 1403. This episode is brought to you by the American Endurance Ride Conference. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday... And it doesn't get much better than best conditioned. And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. But don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Tuesday morning. We hope you in the north are starting to warm up a little bit. Maybe the snow will melt by May and you'll be able to get out and ride your horses. Uh, In the meantime, we are here talking about endurance and endurance rides have started. And I know Karen has started to do some. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. Karen is with us the second Tuesday of every month. And I think we figured out we're going on three years or something, Karen. It's been a long time. You've been doing wow, it has. Yeah, you've probably put on about yeah. uh, twenty thousand miles since we. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't keep track of how many miles you put on since we started this show. I know <laughs> a lot of miles. Well, th- thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We are we have a big show planned for today with a lot of guests and a lot of stuff going on. So we're going to go right over to Jennifer to find out about it. So coming up on today's AERC Endurance episode, it's all about long distance today, surprise, surprise, and we're going to start out with Valerie Ashker, who's about to embark on a cross-country ride that's going to interest everyone, and then ride manager Brian Reeves is going to stop by and tell us about the 20 Mule Team 100, Meg Sleeper has the latest on the Longines FEI World Endurance Championships, will it happen or not, and one of my favorite fast fast food foods for the road the grilled cheese sandwich it's national grilled cheese sandwich day so celebrate responsibly everyone (laughs) (laughs) well thank you everybody for joining us again well karen now you have uh started the season out there in colorado and and i noticed on your facebook page i've seen some pictures of some rides we have, and I'm Nevada, Glenn, <laughs> Nevada. It's close to Colorado. It's like right next door. No, it's like two states away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's Nevada. Like, Why do I always get that it, wrong? Because you have pictures of mountains, and I think of Colorado. I know, that's okay. It, and trees, pine trees. But just to get across Nevada is like 500 miles. And then there's <laughs> the, the little state of Utah there. So if I was going to get it wrong, I should be saying California, actually, because you're actually closer to California. I am. I'm really close to California. I'm only like maybe five or six miles from the the state line, actually. (laughs) So, but yes, I have one of these years I'm going to get it right. (laughs) I know. Finally, by the by the end of the third year. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let me rephrase that. So I hear you've started to ride again in Nevada. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, now where were your rides? Were they in I Nevada? Did the rides in March. They were oh, all okay. of them. In fact, my horses have done a total of five rides between the two of them in the last month since we last wow. spoke. They did uh, rides in March. I rode uh, Chief, and my junior, who's ten, rode Bo. And then now it's a the rides of, of March, kind of like the Ides of March. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Rides of March, and it's north of Reno. And that was a, a nice ride. Are there we like slot machines on the way? Weather. You can stop and put a quarter in. If you want to, you could pull in and, <laughs> and uh, pull into any of the casinos or, uh, you know, the sl there's slot machines just about everywhere. The gas stations have them. <laughs> <laughs> but there's none on the endurance course. No, we're no. far enough out. Okay. Um, kind of out in the boondocks. Back so up tell us a little bit. It's always interesting to hear about the rides because each ride is a little bit different and offers some unique challenges. So tell, as you're telling us about the rides today, like the rides of March, what, what is there on that ride that's a little different or uh, something that happened? Um, you know, that was one of those rides where really everything went well, uh, and which is great. Well, you're not you know, allowed you to be on our show anymore then. <laughs> I know. You, you don't have any stories to tell. It's not like we're the ride before where we went past the rattlesnake, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which was fine. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. We did see um, on the, the one I just did, the Nevada Derby, which was by Washoe Lake, we did see um, several wild Mustangs and their babies. Oh. Cool. And on, on one of the loops, um, and that was a tough day, um, all of these rides that I've done have had at least 10,000 feet of elevation gain. And mm. then the last one was over 15,000 that day. Whoa. What, you bring oxygen along? <laughs> For you and the horse? <laughs> well, and then I did a bunch of the downhill on foot, so my my feet took most of the abuse, you know, because it's rocky and, and you're doing the downhill. And I was wearing just plain old tennis shoes, which you know, isn't always the best thing for that kind of terrain. But we had a couple of the wild horses literally following us. And right as we came up, um, up on the crest of the mountain, they literally came down the hill right in front of us and ran right across in front of us. Wow. That's and it was so just cool. It was just the coolest thing. So now can I still be on the show? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's, that's pretty cool. All right. Okay. And, and so on that ride, I, I rode Chief a day and Bo a day. And then the day I rode Chief, the junior also rode Bo. So he's getting to do double duty. He's doing, you How's know, he a doing ride now? He's, Remind everybody, he's like 11 or 12? Um, he's 18. Oh, I thought Bo you had is. a little. No, 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 no. I meant the junior. How old's the junior? Oh, the junior. She's only 10. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, she's like she's young. She's, yeah. she's doing good. And um, in spite of doing, you know, my horse's doing this 250 miles total between them in the last month. My husband has actually put on more miles. What, what's he doing? He's riding his bike. He's planning for his first century bike ride. And a century means 100. So he is going to, in June, be riding 100 miles on his bike in one day. How long does that take? I think... I'm not really sure how long it takes, but he goes and he's been training. He's been working up to as far as 75 miles in a day on his bike. And I know he's just doing it to show me up and say, <laughs> you know, I rode 67 or 75 miles and you only did 50. 
Well, you know, he's been going to these rides with you for a long time. Does that mean now you have to go be his support crew? Actually, I did uh, a couple weeks ago, and he's been training with a friend of ours who is also an endurance rider, but is also training to do the Century Bike Ride. And I met him out on their route, on their their training ride, and I brought them donuts and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what his job is for you. So uh, it's good to reciprocate. Yeah, you know, the, the bikes are a lot easier to crew for than the horse, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you don't have to worry about feeding the bike, usually. Uh, maybe no, change just, a tire here or, uh, you know, some brakes there. But that's pretty much it. Exactly, uh, exactly. Now, so does he spend as much cool. on his bike hobby as you do in your horse hobby? You know, I don't really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we'll... Ignorance we'll, is still bliss. Yeah. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, probably not quite as much. <laughs> you know, I ride bike. I cannot imagine riding 100 miles in one day. That's a long way. Isn't it? Yeah, I know. That's a long way. I mean, it's a long way riding on a horse. And it's but... not, you, you know, the court. It is. And it's going to have a fair amount of elevation gain, the one he chose to do for his first one. So we'll see. It'll be kind of fun to see how he does. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. You know, those downhills are great, but those uphills still suck. Uh, I know. <laughs> it's like we were in, uh, they had a bike race the one time. We, we've we gone uh, several times now and stayed for a week with friends in the Smoky Mountains. And uh, right out of Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Uh -huh. And they, uh, the one day we decided you can go up to the point that's the highest point in the Smoky Mountains, and they have a little observatory up there and stuff. Well, to get up there, you're going up the mountain. And I mean, it's the steep, it's, you know, Colorado type. You know, it's the steep, twisty, windy roads and, you know, switchbacks and all that to get up to the top of the mountain. And they had a bike race one day, and it was on, it was to get to the top of the mountain. Oh boy! Uh, those guys—you should have seen their legs. He's your your husband's probably got pretty good legs now, huh? Uh huh. Yeah, getting better. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, these guys' legs yeah. too—they were like, oh my god, their thighs are <laughs> like the size of you know meatloafs. They're huge. I uh, know. Uh, yeah, and but they were going straight up this mountain on these switchbacks. I was like, oh, I couldn't do it. I know. No, I know. Definitely, I'd rather ride a horse. <laughs> so who's better? Who's in better shape, everybody? Uh, all right, Jennifer, this is the question of the day. Who's in better shape, somebody that does a 100-mile endurance ride on a horse or somebody that does a 100-mile, uh, what do they call them? Do they call them endurance rides? What do they call them? It's a century ride. Century ride on a bicycle. So that's the question well, of the day. Well, remember when we had uh, Dr. Zebrak, who was, is a retired car cardiologist, as a guest on the show, and he's doing the research project because he – does both the endurance and the long distance and, bike riding. And which did and, he say? And well, he, he was saying that it, what the data is showing so far that it, at least, at least with the heart rate monitor recordings on the human, that the hundred mile horse ride is harder that we're working harder than you would be doing the bike ride. Oh, I know a lot of bicyclists that would probably disagree with that, including your husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put them on a horse for 100 miles and let them reevaluate that. All right, that's the question of the day, Jennifer. We know what answer we're going to get from our crowd, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see if anybody rides a bike and horses, too, and, and chipes in on that. It would be interesting to see. Do you, did we ever ask him which he thought was harder? 
You know, well, it's kind of hard to answer unless you've done both. Well, that's what I mean. He's done both, though. Did we ever ask him, the the doctor guy? The doctor, yes. Well, that was, I think, his premise was that the the horseback riding is um, harder uh, for for the rider on on the horse over the bike. But we'll see. You know, he's collecting all this uh, data. He asked people to connect their heart monitors to themselves when they're either doing an endurance ride or a bike ride and then send him the data. And so he can analyze it. And when it, um, when he gets it all finished, he's going to write up um, a research project kind of thing on it. So I'll be sure to report on that when that comes out. Yeah, we'll have to get him back on. You know, there's there right now, there's some woman who's listening to our show in the car with her husband who rides bikes and he's going, that's total crap. You realize (laughs) that, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of, I wasn't real sure I believed it either. And and it isn't like we don't have enough wars right now between bicyclists and (laughs) and horseback riders for for trails and everything else. Uh, We had had this conversation a couple weeks ago with someone who was riding and is losing uh, actually the battle to who gets the trails to the bicyclists. Um, I know, you know, and and so this battle's been going on a long time. We're just here to fuel the fire. Just we're here to <laughs> exactly. help. Oh, so I I have to tell you about my Sweetwater experiment. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so you know, I was at Rides of March, and I came into the vet check, and a friend of mine had her husband there crewing, and they had this bucket of water, and chief kind of put his head down into it and it looked to me like it was dirty sponge water and a lot of times horses like that because it's um got salt Salty, and stuff in yeah. it so he put his head in it and he drank it and, and i'm going, thinking hey what are you doing <laughs> hey that's pretty cool is that is it okay if he does that oh yeah we got more and then i was like well what is it so they told me what it was so for the the last ride nevada derby i thought well let's just try an experiment ahead of the ride and so i um made a couple mixtures of this what they call sweet water and it's two cups of stabilized rice bran and I put it into two gallons of water and I put in a spoon or a scoop or two of just plain salt and stirred it up and boy the horses just sucked it right down it, it, just, it had no sugar in it why do they call it sweet water because it's got the stabilized rice bran and that turns out sweet when it I guess so. I, I didn't drink it myself to see, <laughs> but the horses just loved it. And so they both got a couple of those uh, the day before the ride. And uh, they didn't drink as much of it during the ride, but they did after the ride. Um, and it worked really good. Like the day before the ride started, Bo consumed altogether almost 15 gallons of water. Because it was getting him to drink the plain water even better than normal as well. So I just thought that was kind of a cool thing that you could, you know, take these horses that are already pretty experienced and already take good care of themselves and, you know, try something new and have it work. So that was kind so of a cool thing. So what was the thing. recipe again? Uh, two cups of stabilized rice bran and I put it into two gallons of water and I was using plain salt, um, but you could also use electrolytes. Or you could use Redmond rock salt. You could do that, too. That would probably it's, be better than plain salt. Uh-huh. How much uh, Redmond salt? How especially much? How much? seeing Mike is on here just banging his head against the wall just right waiting. now waiting for just us. Just waiting. Okay. Well, <laughs> well yes. Mike, are you banging your head against the things. wall? 
Yes, I am. <laughs> hi, hi, Mike. Okay, well, let's let's before we we get to Mike, I just have a couple of special anniversaries to mention. Okay. The first was a couple days ago. My horse Chief turned twenty one. Wow! And uh, I know I can't believe That's it. Still it seems out there like riding, I, still doing. I his just thing. got, and he's still cruising on down the trails. Fifteenth year in endurance, but yeah, he just turned twenty one. And then on the 9th of April. Uh, that marked two years since Bo had his colic surgery, uh-huh. and and he's doing great. And one of the thing, the only thing really that I'm doing different now, um, and and like I said, it's been two years. We haven't had any episodes of colic or anything like that. Is I've been giving him Redmond's Daily Gold every day since he had the surgery. And uh, so, anyways, I I invited Mike from Redmond to come on and talk about that product a little bit just because I've been so happy with it and I'm just thrilled that I you know still have my horse and he's doing so well so welcome to the show Mike how are you today thank you I'm wonderful thank you so much for inviting me and I I have to credit you Karen I love how open you are to uh, looking at new different ways to help and support your horses even though you've been doing this for thousands of miles and, and years and years, you, you've got the sweet water that you've just tried and and, uh, and the, how willing you were to look at uh, supporting your horse with the Redmond Gold, the Daily Gold. I, I'm just absolutely Thanks. delighted that we were able to help you with that. Well, thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about the Daily Gold product. So the Daily Gold is a bentonite clay, a special Redmond bentonite clay. We own the mine down in central Utah. It's a volcanic ash that... Uh, uh, we have learned has a terrific ability to buffer the acid in the horse's stomach. What's what's really interesting is uh, many of our horses uh, get anxious uh, when their circumstances change, whether they're trailing, whether they're competing, whether they're you know being put in a pasture with different horses, and they may hide that anxiety a little bit. But deep inside, you know that those acid pumps are running, and they're probably getting a lot of acid in their gut, which then could with uh, excessive change, turn into um, possible ulcers and issues that they've got inside. And they may not tell you about it, but they start behaving a little differently or behaving uh, badly, if you like, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Um, the daily gold will uh, help buffer that acid so that it'll bring their pH back down to a, a normal level and enable them to continue uh, doing their work and, and trailering and all the rest of those things whilst um, having a normal situation inside their gut. The, uh, the bentonite clay has got a pH of 9. As I say, we manage the process from mining to, to the stable, so we know that there's nothing that we add and nothing that we pull out of there, and it is a totally natural product. And we've heard from you know, uh, a lot of people like yourself, Karen, that this has terrific effect on, on horses that are um, particularly stressed and, and anxious. And I know you've just recently come out with it um, being available in a syringe. Yeah, actually, you know, what's interesting is when horses get really bad, uh, they quit eating. And you can tell that there's a major issue going on. And you can't even encourage them to eat their uh, rice pulp or their um, beet pulp uh, and with, the, with the daily gold in it. So what we've got is a really nice syringe of hydrated clay with the... Uh, a little bit of peppermint to make them feel like it's a treat. And this will, um, it will line their stomach. It will coat the lesions, the uh, ulcers right away. 
make them feel immediately much more comfortable, and then they can start eating again and get back to some health. This daily gold will not only uh, buffer the acids, but it will help repair the ulcers if they've got them uh, so that they can uh, continue with their normal activity. These syringes are just a, a great way to give a rapid release, if you like, if you know that your horse is going to dive into a competition and he gets particularly empty, or if you know that he's uh, got ulcers and he's in trouble. You know, it's interesting because it's funny that you're on today because a couple of days ago I read this long article about how indigenous peoples from around the world who live near volcanoes, they have uh, studied and found that they are a little bit healthier because they knew about the benefits of the bentonite and actually yeah. use the volcanic ash as a kind of a, a primitive supplement and they had less right. uh, they had less problems with their stomachs and you know and of course they weren't eating great stuff anyway in a lot of cases but right. they had less problems and they would actually drink the clay they would make kind of a I don't know a soup or something out of it uh, and they would actually eat it or drink it you know with other stuff um, but it was so interesting that you were going to be on today because I had just read that article. Well, the, the other benefits are, first of all, that it's got all the minerals, the whole range of minerals that our horses need, so they're also getting the minerals. But, um, you know, to add what you're saying, Glenn, uh, we do know that the Aborigines uh, in Australia, they carry a, a ball of clay with them, and every time they have a meal, they take a little bit of that clay as well, and it helps their digestion. And it's just one of those things that I think we animals have forgotten the benefits of some of our most natural, uh, healthy options. And uh, we've learned from all the testimonies and experience that we've had over 40 years with this, with this Redmond bentonite that uh, it can make a big difference and help both human horses and cattle out uh, with, with the uh, daily gold that we're offering. And today we're going to do a giveaway, right, Mike? Yeah, we'd love to give some away and let other people try it. Um, what was your plan uh, Karen, how did you want to do that? Um, well, I think uh, we'll have the listeners that are listening if they'd like to um, participate and get a uh, um, a sample of the Redmond Daily Gold. Or, um, and you had said before we could either do the the new syringes or the um, the regular formula, right? Actually, we'll probably give a uh, a sample of both. We'll give a syringe, oh. maybe a couple of syringes, and a and a pouch of daily gold as well. Terrific. Yeah. Okay. So for the first 10 listeners, go to the Redmond Equine uh, Facebook page and click like, and then go to the Horses in the Morning page and post a comment and tag Redmond and just say why you'd like to win um, uh, these samples. And yeah, that's all either, there is to it. Either why you'd like to try it or why you do use it, and we'd love to hear from you. And yeah, we'd love to give some of those away. So Great. you want them Terrific. to? Po I'm, I'm confused. Do you want them to post it on our page or on Redmond's page? Um, well, they they I want them to tag Redmond on on the horses in the morning page, and in order to do that, I think they have to have clicked like on the Redmond page. Got it. Okay. So that they can tag them. Very good. And Jennifer will put the instructions there on Facebook. Uh, and and you're giving away a thousand of them, Mike. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, we'll I, give a ten. We'll give ten. I, I missed that. that. Uh, sorry, I got that wrong. Uh, <laughs> you were just off <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's just a few zeros. Okay. What's a few zeros among friends? <laughs> we do appreciate. It. I will well, say that if well, you want to get involved in this, I know a lot of people listen later in the day. You've got to get over and do it now because these go very quickly. So, uh, Mike has done these graciously before, and they do go very quick quickly. So. Yes. Well, thank you, Mike, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate all you do, and Glenn, love your show. Thanks hey, so I much, ran buddy. out of uh, I ran out of people salt, so I'm going to be putting in an order. Okay. Uh, Some of our real salt. Okay. You know what? Because I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, we don't use. We ran out of of the Redmond, and I hadn't put the order in yet. Uh, and I'm talking to people salt now, the one that we use. And then we oh, had to go back. Oh. We had some white salt left in there. And boy, once you get used, once you use the Redmond, <laughs> you don't want to go back. Uh, you might want to tell Karen that for her sweet. Yes, uh, yeah, sweet. Uh, you know, sweet water probably should have Redmond in it because then <laughs> I, it has many, many, like dozens of other good oh, minerals in there, and not just white goop. Right. I know. I actually, I did use the Redmond one time, you know, because I was experimenting. So I did it um, multiple uh-huh. different ways just to see. And it didn't matter. The horses drank it all right down, yeah, no matter what they did. talk your way out of this so. one, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Thanks, yeah, Mike. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Jennifer, uh, if you'll post how they can do that, uh, uh, that would be great on Facebook. That would be terrific. Well, we are going to go next to our segment we do with Distance Depot every uh, month. Of course, Distance Depot is one of the terrific sponsors here of the Endurance episode and one of the premier endurance companies out there. And uh, we're going to do that right now. This is an interview that you had uh, earlier, and we'll take a listen to that. Well, thank you for joining us this morning, Kristen. How are you doing? Just great. Thanks for having me, Karen. Well, one of the themes of this show this month is long-distance riding, whether it's hundreds, pioneer rides, or riding across country. So let's talk about some of the items that a rider might need to take with them or to prepare in advance to have when they head out. Let's start with the saddle packs. Tell us about your packs. Okay, we do, um, are probably our most popular brand that we offer is the Easy Care Stowaway um, Saddle Packs, and they come in a wide variety of styles and shapes to fit most saddles out there, be it English, Western, or Endurance-type saddles. Um, the great features about these packs, they're ripstop nylon, um, so the, uh, they have a little padding where the water bottles are to keep them, help keep them cool, many zippers and pouches. And the big thing about these packs is that they're no bounce, so they give you long straps regardless of how your saddle is set up with D-rings in the proper place and so on. Um, but you can change the configuration to, to match your saddle and anchor them down to your mm-hmm. girth rigging, for instance, so that they don't bounce. That's their big thing. So if you're doing endurance riding or, or trail riding and you're moving out, they won't bounce and interfere with, you know, sloshing and because that's a pesky thing to have your, all of your stuff bouncing around. It stays really nicely put. Right. And how many colors do they come in? I think they come in six colors, 
we have royal blue. Some of the black ones have um, come and gone. They're trying to bring black back, so some of them aren't available in black right now. They hope to get that um, resolved. But brown for sure, hunter green, purple, royal blue, red, and navy blue. So Great. And if you're going to be out there riding all day, every day, um, a visor for your helmet is is a really good idea. Tell us about your Debrim visors. Okay. Yeah, the Debrim comes in two different sizes. So there's the regular um, equestrian Debrim, um, the endurance Debrim, they call it. And then there's a petite Debrim. And these fit on almost any helmet um, going all the way around. So they shade your ears, the back of your neck, and have really good coverage. And if that's too large, some people don't like something quite as large, um, the brim also offers a rezo visor. So it just would cover your face, your um, mm-hmm. a little bit of your ears maybe, but it's a little smaller, not quite so big. And then we have, again, a smaller one um, made by a different company called Salamander. They're mm-hmm. pretty popular with hikers and bikers, um, but it's a little smaller but still gives you coverage, which is important when you're out in that sun all day. Yes, I like the front ones if you're riding when it's really windy, and then the other ones when you're just out in the hot sun all day, um, or it's great to keep the sun off. They're really yeah. terrific for that. Um, yeah. And if it's hot, we would like to stay cool as riders. So tell us about these ice fill sleeves that you have. Yeah, we do have a couple of different types. Um, one is made by carrots. It's a cooling sleeve. I actually, um, we went down to the Fitz ride in Florida, and the first day when we were setting up, I burnt my arms. <laughs> I had short Uh-oh. sleeves on. It was very warm, um, and I haven't seen the sun, so I burnt my arms, but I put a pair of the cool, um, the carrots ice-fill sleeves on, and it kept, for the rest of the week, kept the sun off because it was painful even just for the sun to hit it, but kept the sun off and kept me cool because they work from evaporation. Mm -hmm. So great UV protection as well as keeping you cool. Um, There's another brand, too, that we offer, and it it has similar properties, Um, a little more stretchy, um, so just a different material, but does has basically the same properties as far as UV protection and keeping you cool. And let's talk about our our own foot comfort when we're riding in the saddle for, for long hours. Your socks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, we offer the Bestang boot socks by Noble Outfitters, and they have, boy, their their line has really grown. There are now ankle socks and wool socks for winter um, to help keep your feet warm. But all of the materials, of course, are designed um, for comfort while wearing boots and while in the saddle. So padded foot beds. Um, thinner areas where it would be too tight with some socks that would bind you in the ankle area. Um, mm-hmm. Really nice support up the calf. And if you like a shorter sock, they offer a crew sock too. So many different styles and, and um, lots of great properties to keep your feet cool and dry or warm in the winter. Yeah, it's definitely important to keep your feet happy. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about one more thing that I noticed on your website, and that is the fly predators. Tell us how that works and what they do. Okay, well, the fly predators, um, it's a product we've actually used here for quite a few years. Um, basically, they send you a batch of the fly predators, which are little, um, they, they don't eat manure. 
but um, little organisms that come to life in, inside a bag that they send you one bag per month. And depending on how many horses you have, you order enough um, for, you know, your herd count. So for us, we get 5,000 of these fly predators a month, and um, they just send them off to us automatically. We sign up at the beginning of the season. They ask when your season is, if you're having a lot of fly problems, and so on. Um, but right on our site, you can come, and um, it takes you to their site to order. But um, it's a pretty great thing. You sprinkle them around um, in the areas that flies would produce, be producing, so by your manure or in damp areas um, around your stalls. Uh, we've even put them around our house. We get those cluster flies um, that come in down the fire chimney. And so we put them around the house, too, and they help with those as well. They're, they're pretty neat. We really, we really like. We've seen quite a difference. Oh, good. And it's that time of year, isn't it? We're already start, starting to see flies. Yes, in, I know. In my climate. It's just started to warm up, and they're already out. I'm having to put my fly masks on. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, and so if people want to learn more about any of these products or get a catalog, tell us how they would do that. Well, they can. we have a catalog request button right on our website. They can go to www.thedistancedepot.com or give us a call toll-free, 866-863-2349. Well, thank you, Kristen. Thanks, Karen. Have a great day. Okay, our next interview is going to be with Valerie Ashker, who is a uh, inventor. She comes from the eventing world. Her daughter, uh, Lainey Ashker, is also a top-level eventer. And they have been riding off-the-track thoroughbreds that Valerie has selected and saved and given them a second career. And they've done incredibly well. And Valerie is going to be riding uh, 3,500 miles on her thoroughbreds across the United States to bring attention to their cause. All right. We did this interview uh, last week. We had to catch up with her before she left on her ride. So um, we did this interview, and Karen's sound is a little off because... uh, uh, I was on my cell phone. Yeah, and the internet in Nevada was not cooperating. So uh, that's why Karen sounds a little tinnier than she usually does. But that's we. this is the interview. I added a little music. We can ride to the head of the canyon From the desert blossoms down below Through the aspen and the sage To the pine trees in the shade Good morning, Valerie. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> are you Are you all getting those, excited? Are fed, so we're good to go. Are you getting excited? <laughs> Extremely so. They put the logos on my trailer yesterday. Uptown Signs oh. in Auburn made my logo um, and got and delivered it and put it on the side of my trailer and the back of the ramp of the trailer, and it looks. Fabulous. It looks wonderful. What does it say? It says second makes through starting gates. And it has a starting gate of thoroughbreds out the gate. with, And it has gate fields as in Golden Gate fields. And then hoof prints all the way across the country to the gold trophy that's marked OTTB outside, like in Maryland, Virginia area. So people can get an idea of what this is about, riding the horses across the entire country. Wow. Tell us, uh, for the listeners, a little bit about your trip. 
Well, your adventure. I, exactly. Uh, the the reason for my trip is to raise awareness of the second careers that are more often illustrious than the first careers of these off the track thoroughbreds. Um, and Lainey Ashker, my daughter, and I have literally been put on the map because of these incredibly amazing athletic horses. Um, and it is a time in my life that I can give back to a breed that has given so generously to both of us. And um, I feel I'm a total big, huge fan, uh, all-American girl. And I feel for any sport, and especially the one that I dabble in with eventing and my daughter, of course, that you don't have to go to Europe and spend an unbelievable copious amount of money, that your athlete is right in your city's barn at a track that needs to be resourced out in a second career. And it's as easy as that. So if I can bring awareness to if it's just one or two more people in this country that this is where they should go and buy their horses, then I feel I can rest my case and feel good about what I've done. Um, they're incredible horses, and I, we, Lainey and I are just ambassadors for this breed. And, and it, they can go from reining to eventing to pure dressage. And uh, we have one coming up in the barn right now that is, it could go either eventing or dressage and Laney feels could be pretty competitive. So um, I just yeah, have a question. I, Are the chickens going along? Is that how you're going to get your eggs on the trip? I'm going to <laughs> really be honest with you. My boyfriend, Peter Friedman and I, um, we're a little bit worried about leaving the three chickens. There's two hens and, and we want to take them. But Karen, I probably, <laughs> Inspector would probably tell me I can't bring my chickens across the state line. Well, not only that, chickens We're, don't do well with change. So you wouldn't get any, you, you might find them all dead from fright one morning. So, <laughs> so no, they probably won't be the going. I'll probably be just taking my two oh. little dogs and. I'll have my driver, Peter Friedman, on my older thoroughbred, off-the-track thoroughbred, and me on my younger one. And a fearless trio will be making making some headway here soon, May 8th. Well, okay, so tell us, when, when do you start? I, I, we are projected to start May 8th. And if uh-huh. all the, the gods be kind... The snow is not its light upon the mountain, and we can get out of there, and there's no bizarre dramatic events beforehand. May 8th is the gate opening, the the little ribbon cutting. My parents are going to be here and sending us on our way. So that is the projected date out. And where are you starting from? My house in Georgetown, California. And you are writing to where? Probably the finale point has not been set in stone. I've kept it open because I am not sure if this will take four months, if this will take five months, if this will take six months. It just depends on weather and how fit my horses are and how much that they are telling us on a daily basis they can do within reason and be comfortable. Um, But I would like to end up, my wish list would be at Pimlico, or Laurel Downs 
um, when the track and there are meets there, the, the track is open and, you know, have a gala celebration there finishing on a racetrack with our off-the-track thoroughbreds. I think that would really stir up a lot of social media and raise a lot of uh, awareness, um, you know, uh, about the the way these horses conditioned out and ended um, that three. 3,500-mile track. Well, now tell us about your horses that you're taking, that you're starting out with here. Well, the one uh, prime horse uh, that I'm taking is a seven-year-old off-the-track Primitivo. Um, I'll tell you what I paid for him. Um, I think he was, because he's so small, I think they thought he was a little bit younger than what he was. And when I went to look at him, I go... um, geez, you know, this horse is still intact. <laughs> it's like two and a half years old. Um, and, you know, a little bit kind of um, a little bit, not feral, but a little bit um, sort of a, a little scaredy cat uh, kind of mentality that it would take a little bit to trust him. So he's not a child's horse, even though he's small enough, but he's too small for, you know, more of a, a adult uh, an amateur. So I said, look, I really like the horse. I'm going to take a chance on him, but you need to have him um, gelded. And um, the lady goes, okay, well, you can have him for the castration fee. So I paid $350 for him. Brought him home, mm-hmm. brought him along. He's gone up to training level and eventing. And um, he just seems like a perfect fit for me to ride across country because everyone, as they know, uh, thoroughbreds, their feet can be a little bit uh, precarious. Um Sometimes they're a smaller-footed horse. They don't have a lot of wall. And so riding them bareback in a competitive atmosphere as a venting, whether it be East Coast, West Coast, you know, most of them, 90% of them, 99% of them, you know, wear shoes. Well, I competed this little horse barefoot. He's got great feet. So Uh there's two things now that work for me, that he's small so I can get on and off him. And And, I can how tall? How tall is he? I know you're saying small. 16, one and a half, maybe max <laughs> 15, two on a good day. So he's small. He's Karen's going, that's okay. huge. <laughs> well, if you're riding endurance and getting on and off, you know, a bunch of times in a day for a 50 or 100 miles in a day, that gets tall really fast. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Um, so, you know, he's uh-huh. a great candidate for me. And he's a tough little horse. And, um, so I think that this this trail, this ride across America is going to benefit him. I think he'll even learn to trust me more. I would like to have an event future with him and get him to preliminary, a one-star. Um, when I get to Virginia, I'll probably leave him with my daughter, Lainey, um, when I come make my trip back. And um, and she can put some uh, some experience on him and get his, by that time, I'm hoping his confidence level will be very, very high and he'll be keen to look for the next mountain, um, and, um, which is very much like the second horse going is my retired event horse. He's 17 years old, off the track thoroughbred. I got him for free from one of my dearest, dearest friends, Rhoda March, uh, at the Pleasanton, uh, California race, fairground racetrack. And the reason he was free is because he had a right condoral fracture on his leg and it just needed to be gel-casted and laid up for some time. And so she sent me the horse. And um, I took him all the way up to preliminary. I've done uh, a few half-stars with him. 
I have loved every ride on that horse, and he started to come um, down with a little bit of PSSM here in California a few years ago. So, you know, he's 17. He has a little bit of, I believe, he's got a little swelling in that left ankle that comes up when he jumps um, uh, over fences. So I retired him from eventing. And um, uh, so my boyfriend, Peter Friedman, um, he's 16, one and a half. So Peter's okay. going to have a little workout getting on and off of him. <laughs> but mm-hmm. he's ended up being, we, we slapped a Western saddle on that horse. And that horse is, oh my God, he looks awesome. Because he's, um, um, he is a buck passer uh, generation bloodline, very buxom, very square uh, uh, horse, hugely muscled out in the breast and over the loin. So he looks really good in endurance saddles and Western saddles. He carries it off well. So um, he's a very strong horse. And um, so I think the combination of these horses together, their best friends, their pasture buddies, I think when one may be like, you know, I'm not feeling this today, I think the other one's going to say, no, 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 we're feeling this. This goes to a good cause. We're getting mom and we're getting dad to the other side. Let's do this. And, and they're tough as nails, both of them. So I don't think I could have picked better candidates for this ride. What are your plans for, say, um, each day or each week? Well, Karen, you've been great on that. Um, and you've taught me more than anything, like, to listen to my horse, you know. And you can have every plan in the book, but uh-huh. on that day, it changes. And um, I, I, I don't know if I would want fitter horses at this point because... The 17-year-old, I, I feel has, we had an x-rayed the left ankle, and he has a little bit arthritic changes, but I think it's a little bit sesamoidal, uh, a little bit of inflammation in that area from being racehorse, a bent horse, and he's, a, he's pretty um, stout and very um, um, hard on his back. Um, uh, he kind of stabs the ground, that's the way he goes because he's so muscular. Um mm-hmm. You know, you can fit them to a certain point, and then I don't want to add any more additional miles just to make sure that, you know, he is 17, and I don't want to put more pressure on him than is necessary, because I really feel um, they'll fit themselves up as we go slowly along. Um, Ideally, I'd like to put, I think our first week we'll do maybe 8 miles to 10 miles a day and see how that goes, Uh, five days a week, uh, two-day rest. and then I think the mountains, Karen, are going to tell us what to do with these horses. Um, mm-hmm. I see the first part of it being probably our toughest part of it, like no question. Um, I think we're going to have to really ease off and have them take us uh, uh, in a comfortable manner and, you know, um, listen to them and know when to quit uh, before they get too, before they get sore at all. Um, I think sure. once we get through Colorado, I think we can start in Kansas and Missouri and Kentucky start laying down more miles. And I think they'll willingly, their tails will be up, their necks will be up, their ears will be pricked, and they'll be going on a nice um, trot uh, forward and take us. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get 30 miles plus a day now, um, um, with a appropriate rest. You're bringing, there's a support trailer going along with you? And is that where you're sleeping? Yes, or are you is. sleeping under the stars? 
I'm the boys can sleep where they want. But I, uh, uh, I want coffee. In the I'll morning. tell you why I, I asked that. I'll tell you why I asked that. We followed, and I looked at the year it was. I just checked. It was 2012, and there was this woman named Kathleen. It was called Kathleen's Wild Ride, and she left from awesome. Washington State and rode to Delaware. I think the beach in Delaware, and um, she. It was her and her. And three, and she had a total of three horses. She had a horse she rode and then two pack horses, and then she would switch the pack horses off with riding horses. And she rode that by herself with no support team uh, from one end of the country to the other, staying on the grace of God, whoever she met. In towns, she would stay at their houses or their farms, and they would put up the horses and help feed them. She really had no plan as far as where she was going to stay every day. And some nights she slept out. Uh, and she just made that trip, and we had her on once a week for it was almost eight months it took her to do it. Um, wow. And she she actually had to trade a couple of the horses in along the way. She had a couple of them come up lame and things uh, along the way, and she would find new ones along the way. But yeah, so You're that, right. it was uh, an interesting adventure following her because she really it was her. I mean, no support. Uh, but that that is a tribute to her stature. I mean, that is the true term of pioneerism, isn't it? No, uh, um, no. At some I, point, some weeks it was just plain crazy. I mean, it was just, it was yeah, just. I you know, but gosh, I mean, that will be lifelong. That will she'll she will have that with her. To, to I mean, on the worst days, she's going to wake up and say, "I made it across this country," and you know what? God bless her. And and to rely not on not on technology like cell phones and computer, but actually embrace people, make friends with people enough to that they would have her in her house. Let me tell you what, that makes my hair on my arms stand up because that's what I think this country is really lacking, that we've all gone our own little ways and not depended on one another anymore. And that, in my eyes, is amazing. It, it, I she had people David. all across this country helping her out, and she had very That's little money, too. She didn't have much God money God to do this her. whole trip. <laughs> so it yep. was... It was uh, it was interesting to hear the stories of some of the places she stayed, and then there were some parts I'm sure. where she couldn't find a place to stay because there was just nobody. It was you know out in the middle of nowhere. Right. So um, mm-hmm. you know the and one thing, and keep, keep this in mind. This is the what you know the one thing she had the most trouble with on the trip, and hmm. it's something to keep in mind is bees. She had more trouble because you end up riding on alongside the roads a lot. And a lot of times there are bees and bee nests and hives. And that's what she ended up having trouble with with her horses was yeah. the bees. Well, so keep that in mind. All right. Bee spray. I definitely will. That, and, that, and that is one thing. I, I, I would rather pick up a rattlesnake than I would a bee. I mean, that, that thing. Uh. Yeah. Well, I'm at, I have no idea what to expect on this ride. I don't have any idea of how long it. I do have an idea of what my wish list to finish it in. Um, I've got from Sally O'Connor, who took two kids, Brian and yes, David. Yes, she did. One years morning, ago. woke up yes. in pardon. Yes, she did. I remember it, that years ago. Oh my God! In three and a half months, she says. I talked to David last month um, when I was with Laney in Florida. Four months. We talked about this. Four months, people. She got up to two kids from Maryland and rode all the way to Oregon. One horse finished that was the same. The other ones, she had fistula problems, hawk problems. They had to trade it in. She gave me at Burley last year when I was with Lane. I saw her. We talked before Laney went in for stadium. 
she says you need to have number one plenty of water now when she did it which was like how many years ago 30 plus years ago there wasn't as many gas stations water access idaho was one of her toughest states but she said you need to have water of which i hope i'm taking care of because i have water supply water tanks um as karen has kindly suggested i don't know if i'll have a problem with the water another thing she said you go to home depot you buy like the five inch foam pads well like 30 35 years ago you know that's all we had but now we have beautiful sponsors like toklat and um cashel that have sent me beautiful saddle pads that are they work in the same manner as the foam and you know, I, it's the unknown. I have no idea what to expect. And I certainly would like to finish it in five months, more than eight months. But having said that, my whole goal is to set out and finish on the horse that I started. And if that takes mm-hmm. eight months, then so be it. But that is because it does me no good to finish ahead of that on a horse that's lame or I've traded off. Um, um, having said that again, I've had my boyfriend ride my 17-year-old in the event that TiVo should have a stone bruise or foot sore or cannot finish the ride, then I have another off-the-track thoroughbred as well and who has started with me and hopefully will finish with me. So, you know, but it, this is this is my priority. So, you know, it's everyone's different. Matt Luttrell, God bless him, doing it for the veterans of war, Iraqi or um, um, all the tours he did and the suicide prevention of these soldiers. He did it in seven months. They did lose a horse from water deprivation and colic. So I've really tried to do my homework and research this. And, well, and, and most, this of, point, most of them that ended up in that situation, and we followed quite a few of them over the years, most of them that ended up in that situation, they did not, you're going to have a support trail along. They were on their own. So they yeah. couldn't pack a lot of water. They couldn't pack a lot of food for the horses. They counted on grazing right. and that kind of thing too. So right. you're in a little different situation if you have, you probably will have less of those problems having a support vehicle. I would hope so. Yeah. Um, I would hope so. And I've got people like William Gass who's donated whatever it takes out of his life uh, to make this happen for me and drive my rig. Um, you know, I took, and there's Peter Friedman, um, a, a wonderful, um, I mean, my, one of my very, if not my very best friend that's, you know, sees this dream food for me and wants to accompany me, make sure that we're safe. And he's a master chef, so I'm sure we'll eat fairly well along the way, too. Um, but he sees this goal as a, a passion. He, he's made it his own. So, you know, I the support system for me is huge. And, and when I say it, I've seen Lainey quote this many times. I love, um, I love this quote, it takes a village, and it surely does. So I'm very prepared. I know Karen told me, Val, you've got to think of it that the worst thing's going to happen to you. The worst things are going to happen to you and be prepared for that so that when something like that should happen, you will take it in stride and you've already, you've already prepared for that. And Karen, you're so right about that. So, you know, it takes a village. It takes people believing in your cause and wish for you to finish and wish for you to do this and make it the biggest success that it can be. Um, I only welcome that you guys, you can call me every day and find out where my <laughs> progress is. <laughs> I think it's for those souls that aren't lucky and fortunate to be able to take 
this time off out of their life to do something for a cause they believe in, I would love them to follow me. Um, I would even love to wear one of those you remember when they had those dicey things on Facebook where they'd have a live cam all day on someone and day to day? Well, I would love to have one of those on me. I would have to watch my occasional uh, you know, <laughs> language. <laughs> uh-huh. I would love to because there are people that sit behind a desk and they would love to tune in like, Val's going through the Rockies today. I'm, I got to tune in and watch her ride, you know, and, and say, okay, guys, my foot, my horse's foot, he looks a little off today. So let's watch. Let's let's try. Anyone have any suggestions here? Let me know. And we're going to foot soak today. And, you know, bring them in on my ride. This is like the Kathleen that did this across the United States. Being with people, communicating with people, it's really what it always comes down to. And this is what part of this ride is. Uh, bringing people out where they live into my situation and we all have the same well, passion. Valerie, that brings up a question. Do you have a website or a way people can follow your trip or Facebook or? Absolutely. Facebook. Second makes through starting gates with a number numeral two. Okay. Second makes through starting gates. All right. Also, well, they can Facebook me, Valerie Ashker. Um, uh, they can wa- do Laney Ashker. Um, and then um, I have um, my website, um, if they even Google Lane Asker, they'll get right onto these websites. But the website is crowsearfarm.net, C-R-O-W-S-E-A-R-S-A-R-M.net. Um, I, I have a crowsearfarm.blogspot.com. But I have a wonderful web designer that will be updating every day, Sam Silver, and it will not be hard to find out where I'm at, how my horses are, pictures, on a day-to-day basis. Um, right. You know, it, like I said, it takes a village, and I have a lot of great people um, on this cause working for me to help this be a success. All right, very well, we're good. We're going to be looking forward to following you, Valerie. I wish you the best of luck. Oh, Karen, you're, I, I love you to death, and um, highly respect you, and um, you've been such um, an inspiration to me. Well, you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network, and it is Endurance Day. We have Karen Chatton here with us talking about endurance riding and you know, 3,000 miles, that's a serious endurance ride. And, Karen, I don't hear you signing up for that. Uh, 100 miles at a time for you? <laughs> you know, I've done a couple of cross-country trips, and, uh, you know, they change you. You learn a lot about yourself and your relationships with other people, and you really learn a lot about your horses. So I think Valerie's got um, a real adventure ahead of her, and I, and I hope it's successful and that, um, y- you know, and that, uh, you know, she has a great time and uh, it's kind of kind of exciting. We'll be able to follow her along. And, and I notice online there's a couple of other people that, that are planning some long trips. There's somebody planning right now to ride from the Mexico-Arizona border all the way up through the Arizona Trail. And so some of these other people we'll have to get in touch with and, and follow them along on their journeys as well. Won't that be kind of a fun thing? 
Yeah, and you know, the uh, it is interesting too because this is a little different because of the thoroughbred aspect. You don't usually see them, uh, you know, for many reasons doing these long rides, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes too. It will. And we have our next guest ready, Brian Reeves. He is the current 20 Mule Team 100 ride manager. Brian has been um, helping out with this ride for literally decades. He's also an endurance rider himself. He's a decade team member with his horse. Um, I, I believe it's Royal Brand A. Goofy, we used to call him. Uh, and Brian will have to tell us how he earned that name. Uh, welcome to the show, Brian. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, so tell us, first of all, let's just start a little bit with Goofy. How did he get that name? (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I first found this horse, um, he just had, and I rode him and tried him out and whatnot, he just had that carefree, you know, go for anything, good for anything kind of thing, like the character Goofy in in the cartoon. (laughs) Uh And he... He was just a, he was just fun, you know, um, and we had a blast together for many years. We, we did. Oh, I know we yeah. rode together a lot way back then. Yeah, you and me did. Yep. You and we yes. and me and Goop or, or you and, and, and Rocky. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, so. This year, you took over uh, ride management of the 20 Mule team. Tell us, just give us a little bit of history on that ride. Okay. Well, the hundred's been going on. The twenty mule team ride's been going on for thirty-five years now. Um, it was started with Jim and Jackie Bungardner started it way back when, out of their house in Ridgecrest. And for the, about the first ten years, they actually staged the ride out of their house and neighboring uh, ranches and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, the the, the last year that it was out of their house is when I first went down there. Um, then they moved it to a friend's, uh, ranch, real fancy, uh, horse ranch for a year. And then they moved to the fairgrounds, which is where it's been ever since. So been at the fairgrounds for like 24 years now, I think. Wow. And I started out helping Jim and Jackie just, you know, when I was riding, I, I started going down there crewing for my wife and then ended up, uh, riding it and whatnot. Um, it was Goofy's first hundred, um, down there. Um, and just kind of started helping Jackie doing more of the computer stuff and, and more of the results and, and data entry stuff. And then, um, after a while, um, it was, Jim was out of the picture and, and it was Jackie and I putting on the ride. Mm-hmm. That stayed that way for years and years and years. And then Jackie, uh, turned over the reins to Robert and Melissa Rivley, um, and they asked me to, to continue on doing what I was doing. Uh, I was day managing it and doing the ride secretary stuff, and uh, done that for for them for several years. And then this last year, they said, you know, uh, we're kind of busy in Florida and everywhere else, and uh, can you do it? So mm-hmm. I. Val and I took it over, and uh, you know, from what we saw this year, it was uh, it went over really, really well. It did, except for <laughs> except for except for. Okay, tell everybody what happened on the Sunday trail 
um, with, well, BLM, first of all, they allowed another event to go on at the same time. So how did that affect you? It it was interesting because we thought we had the trail for Sunday marked and everything was right, you know, weeks ahead of time. And we went out and and started marking it uh, the Wednesday before the ride. And it seemed that the uh, motorcycle races that were happening um, kind of encroached a little bit here and there and everywhere. <laughs> so we remarked the trail. And Imagine three quarters of the way through marking the uh-huh. trail, and we hit more of their trail. Oh, no. So we took everything down and remarking it. So basically, the ride that you rode on Sunday uh-huh. was the third generation of trail since Wednesday. Wow. So imagine, Glenn, that the BLM was going to allow, I think it was like 100 motorcycles in a race <laughs> to cross trails <laughs> with the endurance horse ride. <laughs> Maybe not a yeah, good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. Luckily, um, you know, people that were helping out with the ride and helping marking trail with me um, knew the motorcycle event people. And we just got a hold of them directly and worked it out, figured it out, not an issue. And we never, you know, because we wanted to keep uh-huh. at least a half a mile separation. Um, Good idea. And, right. And rider. You know, just, it's not meant, you know, for people that have been, you know, down the trail a, a day or two like you or me. But it's, you know, people, we had uh, the fun riders were going out that way in the morning. Um well, and let's face it, the motorcyclists really are not slowing ride. down for you guys. <laughs> um, no, they no. might go from 100 down to 95. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but they're not, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was, it was, um, it was interesting, but we, we you know, luckily um, we worked it out. We knew who to talk to and, uh, you know, between uh, the motorcycle event people, the BLM and, and ourselves, we worked it all out and got it fixed and. No, no worries. That way it was kind of invisible. You know, I, I, I imagine people know about it now, um, being on the radio, but uh, at the time, people really didn't have a clue what goes on sometimes when putting on a ride. Right, all that extra work in the last couple of days right up to it. That was exactly. crazy, exactly. crazy. And it didn't help the front runners on Sunday to follow the trail any better, did it? <laughs> no, well... The front runners, um, I'm sure you've talked about DM, DIMR before. Uh-huh. Uh, distance-induced mental retardation. Well, we had a, <laughs> an interesting deal. A couple of the riders that actually rode the 100 on Saturday and top 10 it turned around on a different horse and rode 50 miles on Sunday. Uh-huh. Now, that's doing some serious rides. I don't think For you sure. or I have ever considered doing something like that. Um, <laughs> and through their own deal, they were out in front again on Sunday and just completely turned themselves around on the trail. Everybody right. else was kind of going, where are they going? And, <laughs> yes. Uh, so they ended up doing probably about a 60-mile ride on Sunday and still top 10. Uh huh. So, wow. Yes, I, I, we was, were laughing. 
as they were coming towards me going the incorrect direction right. on the trail and they're going oh it's okay you don't worry you guys are fine because i'm thinking uh-oh did we mess up and as it turned right. out they had you know gone down almost a trona or somewhere <laughs> far yeah, off the they trail. Were, they were i don't know they were they got messed up somewhere again it was just going really really fast and after riding a hundred the night before uh-huh uh, you know right so they have not quite as sharp they have an excuse i mean it, it's yeah, not like absolutely we, yeah it's not like we haven't had our own issues on hundreds right <laughs> no never Never, not at all. <laughs> Never. Okay, so uh, all hundreds to go smooth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I know. No, um, you know, seeing things in the dark or anything like that. No psychedelic exactly. colors. None of that. Psychedelic Never colors happened. are what's fun, you know. Um, riding with injuries and and broken bones and and all sorts of stuff that goes with just some of us diehard endurance people. Um, right. And you did do a ride once, right? With a broken ankle? Yeah, it was actually your ride, the Gardner's Rail Gallop 100. Uh huh. I think this is, God, how long ago was that, Karen? Um, 98, I think, 97 okay, or 8. So 18 years ago. Uh huh. Uh, I still don't think my wife's talking to me about <laughs> doing that ride. <laughs> She was so upset with me that I said I was going to go down and ride it that she wouldn't even come to crew. Oh, but <laughs> so um, luckily um, I was I had fun. I was riding with Jamie Kerr and we top ten to anyhow, even with me riding with a broken ankle. Oh gosh! Um, and it it was a fun ride. Flash was. Uh huh. Like, yep, we know. did have that, didn't we? Oh, and it so did. a couple of other mishaps occurred on the hundred this year tell us about those um we had and you can make up anything you want because you know (laughs) most of the stuff the average person isn't going to believe anyway (laughs) (laughs) this is this is true um we've had we had a couple of things um luckily all with good endings um we had one horse and rider that parted ways about mile oh 85 probably um and that was interesting because um losing a horse in the middle of a hundred mile ride is not fun i speak from experience on that Mm -hmm. Uh, luckily everything worked out and and we put a lot of people out on it and the horse was found in the morning and the horse was fine and dandy um everything's good good to go so that was a really good thing, um, and everything was everything was fine with that. We actually had another horse on Sunday um, on the LD getaway uh, just for a short time. It it actually did start heading for Trona, uh, <laughs> and that that actually got spotted by a BLM ranger and, and called in. So we uh, drove down and picked it up. Uh, got in a trailer and took it home. And again, it was fine as well. So, <laughs> uh, two, two horse and rider teams parted company, but reacquainted themselves later that day. So, and so did you get good. any sleep at all that weekend? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> not usually. Um, the thing is, is here we go. We we're putting on a hundred and 
you know, three rides on Saturday, right? Uh-huh. Including the 100, so that's all night, because the last rider finished at uh, 5.30 in the morning, I do believe. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, and then we had the 50s and the 25s leaving on Sunday at 7 and 7.30 in the morning, and then the uh-huh. the uh, fun riders leaving at 9.30, and in between that, we had to do BC for the 100s and all the, and all the results. <laughs> as well as wow. the awards breakfast and everything like that. So um, it was sometime late that night, I think Sunday night, that I actually <laughs> got to Finally. Right, See, and then we were there for another three days, you know, picking up, cleaning up, putting things away. Yeah, See, it yeah. kind of... Kind of makes being a writer seem easy in comparison to what you do. So thank you so much for taking <laughs> over the ride and doing this and working so hard for all of us. We appreciate it. And thank, thank you. you for- I really thank all the writers. Um, we had 179 entries uh-huh, for, wow. days, um, for all the distances combined. Cool. And, and again, it was I couldn't have done it without the writers and as well as all the help. Um, exactly. Exactly. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on the show this morning, Brian, and I will see you in June at the Wild West Ride. You will. Yes. Okay, thank you much. Looking forward to it. Okay, have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. I'm sure that if you uh, took all the stories of ride organizers, (laughs) of the different things that they have done, there's a book there. No kidding. (laughs) You know, just, I mean, can you imagine you've ridden 85 miles and your horse decides to leave you i'm out of here (laughs) oh gosh that would just you know oh my gosh because you're going to be tired and stressed and you know and and i remember the next day in camp when they they brought the horse in in the trailer and everybody was so happy that it had been found and everything was okay but you know that's just something that you know the rider doesn't need that but neither does the uh the ride manager you know, that's just one more thing <laughs> that they're already having to deal with, you know, running the ride, not having any sleep for the whole weekend, remarking the trail uh, three, two or three different times, you know. <laughs> Dealing with the crazy motorcyclists. Uh, exactly. Well, there's one thing you don't have to worry about if you're doing a long distance ride and that's your horse's feet. And why is that, Karen? Their hoof protection because I use Renegade hoof boots on both of my horses and I have for several years. I used them on the 20 Mule Team 100 and on all the rides I've done this season. Um, I've been sticking with the strap-on version just because they're so simple and easy to use. Uh, we've been testing a, a material on a cup that they're working on that will hopefully um, pass um the criteria and go into production eventually and those new colors will be pink and uh, this aqua blue color which is really pretty um they've been holding up super well i've been using uh, a couple of those test boots now for about five months and on all my endurance rides and on all my training rides so they're getting upwards of you know over 500 uh, miles on them for each of the boots and then we're also riding in the regular boots so that we have something to compare to which is uh, kind of a cool thing and so when you see my ride photos you'll see chief is wearing four different colored boots (laughs) and so that it's so funny everybody notices but if i'm wearing all four matching boots nobody notices 
<laughs> which is funny. But the boots are awesome. They're, uh, like I said, they're easy to use. I've even got the, the 10-year-old junior is proficient at putting them on and taking them off by herself, which is great. Uh, for those that are interested in them, they have a couple of models, the regular Renegade and the Viper model, and they come in several different colors. You can learn more by going to renegadehoofboots.com. RenegadeHoofBoots.com is where you'll find them. Now, there's been, we mentioned it last week on the show, just as a news, quick news story, and mm-hmm. I was hoping that you would talk more about it today. We've talked about before on the show here on the Endurance Show that, uh, you know, there's been some problems with riders from the Middle East uh, mm-hmm. and uh, competitions that are there. And we mentioned last week that the Long Jeans FEI World Endurance Championship for 2016 was scheduled to take place in Dubai. Uh, but because of those issues, uh, many countries were objecting, saying they weren't going to send teams, that uh, there was a lot of problems uh, around getting it done there in Dubai. And mm-hmm. you had a chance to catch up with Meg Sleeper and chat with her about about the situation and what's going to happen now. Uh, Meg is on the team, right? Isn't she one of the team riders? Yes, yeah. she's, a, she's part of AERC. Uh, international and she's a veterinarian and um, she is hopefully going to have a couple of horses prepared to go if they have it if you know if if they can find a venue or somebody steps up to the plate to host it um, on such short notice so it's going to it's quite the challenge for uh, actually for everybody not just the United States writers but all the other countries and uh, so we caught up with uh, Meg actually last night and she explained a little bit about what's going on and how this is going to affect um, everybody now uh Meg has some terrific horses, and uh, she's mm-hmm. a wonderful veterinarian, but her phone sucks. So the yeah. quality of this call was not terrific, but you can hear her, and I think the message is important. So, Meg Sleeper. Well, thank you, Meg, for joining us. How are you doing? Good, and thanks for inviting me. I, I appreciate your interest. Well, this- Yes, this is one of the hot topics going on around, especially online and social media right now, about the FEI World Endurance Championships. So tell us a little bit, just give us an overview of what just happened. Well, uh, several days ago at the FEI meeting in Switzerland, um, the topic was discussed and the decision was made to withdraw the the World Equestrian, well, sorry, the World Endurance Championships. Um, Dubai. They had submitted a bid several years ago, and there's been there's been some turmoil over the last probably 24 months um, with various topics, and there have been some sanctions. And uh, so far, the championship had been planned on continuing to take place there, although there has been quite a bit of controversy about it. And they said several days ago at the meeting they decided to withdraw it. So at this point, the rope endurance championship for this year is open to new bids and um, it will not be held in Dubai as it was supposed to be held there in on December 17th, I believe. So now everything's sort of up in the air and we're not exactly sure if another country is going to be able to get a bid together in time and if we'll have a world championship this year or not. Well, how is this going to affect like the U.S. selection process with the date change and stuff? Um, it potentially could dramatically impact it um, because it will be 
really unlikely to take place as late in the year as it had originally been scheduled. So uh, the dates that are now being kind of tossed around are September or October. It sort of changes not only when um, the qualifying rides will take place and the types of qualifying rides, because now we have no idea what the course will be like, but it also um, right. potentially changes the schedule for how we'll prepare our horses. I have um, two horses that I've nominated. Uh, one did her selection trial already. The other one is supposed to do it in June. And um, we had planned in trying to condition specifically for the condition that would be in Dubai, the sand. And um, in December, it's not super hot, but certainly not coming from December in the Northeast, as we would have. Um, so now we have no idea where it could potentially be at I'm actually sort of hoping it will be in a a much more technical, well, and I should say technical as far as hilly and mountainous and sort of changing terrain. I think that would be really interesting to do, and it would be nice to do that again for the World Championship. Um, But it totally changes how we'll prepare for it, so we kind of need to know, hopefully soon, um, where it is and, and what kind of trail it will be. Well, do you have any idea of who might put in a bid to do this? What country? I do not. I haven't heard. Well, I'll say the rumors are that potentially England and France are considering it. I know um, several U.S. riders had contacted USF about whether the U.S. would continue consider putting in a bid. And the response was that no, uh, the U.S. didn't feel that they wanted to put a bid in for this event. So, I don't honestly know. There's these rumors, and that's all I've heard. So how do you think this is going to end up playing out in the long run? Um, Well, you know, I think ultimately it's it's really actually going to be a great thing for the sport. Um, The the negatives will be, you know, it'll be tough for those of us that want to compete in in a world championship this year. Um, But the bottom line is the most important thing, I think, that it's really clear that the number one priority for our sport is, is horse welfare and that it is a team sport and we really care about the horse. Um, and I don't want to, you know, apply and a lot of everybody I think knows there are many people in group seven that do care about horse welfare and are really working hard to protect the horse, but there've been enough issues that have arisen and there are enough questions. I think this was a, a good decision and I think it shows that, not only those of us competitors that have been speaking out about it, but also the FBI does care. Um, so in the long run, I think it's going to be wonderful for the sport. It's just going to be a little bit difficult this year, but the reality is that's what endurance is about. It's about taking the challenge that you have for this specific event and um, doing the best showing that you can for the given conditions. And um, that's hopefully what, we'll be able to do. And if the end is that we don't have a world championship this year, I think it's worth worth the price to pay. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and, and um, informing our listeners on what's been going on, on the FEI level of endurance. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for, um, you know, everybody's interest in, in worrying about the horse because that's, you know, the bottom line, what we all care about. Well, there you go. That's uh, what's going on with that. We'll see where they end up this year, if anywhere. Um, 
But right. I think, yeah. you know, it was, you know what? It was a wise move. To be honest, there were mm-hmm. countries that were coming anyway. So uh-huh. <laughs> it was going to be a limited uh, championship. So, right. you know, that's... Uh, very, very controversial. Yes. They made is. the right choice, I think. Yeah, I do too. And, I, you know, it was the mm-hmm. FBI actually listening to its members this time. So, And, you know, they've been yes. accused of not doing that before. So... Right. Well, this has been ongoing for quite a while. It's not like it just started happening. And and so that's why there has been so much controversy going on. Um, and I think that, um, uh, you know, all the social media kind of has helped play a role in bringing awareness to the whole situation. And, and that probably helped, you know, put enough pressure on them uh, to to actually finally, you know, make this decision and move forward and, and do something. We have 11 acres. Will that work? <laughs> no, it's not quite Maybe big enough. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Talk about tight quarters. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to make about a thousand loops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, uh, well, you know, I talked about, mentioned before the show, you and I were talking. I said, well, the Kentucky Horse Park should do it. They did it before. But then I forgot this is Longines FEI World Endurance Championship. We've had that problem before with the Kentucky Horse Park because it's a Rolex park. And oh, okay. they couldn't bring other events there that were Longines because of the Rolex thing. And oh. it's been, Rolex has paid for years to be, you know, a big sponsor of the park. And that's why they've always had, if it's a Long Jane's thing, they can't okay. do it in, in Kentucky. More politics. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Isn't it, you know, when you're at sport at that level, whether it's horses or anything else, it's all politics. I mean, it, I know. it's just, that's what it is. That's why you like do, doing the non-FEI, isn't it? Because exactly. Because you just I can do, go I, have fun. Right. Let's just go get on our horses and go ride. Or go ride. Have a good time. <laughs> and don't worry about all this other stuff. Yeah. Just go Go have some fun. So hopefully next month I'll have some more rides to talk about. And, uh, you know, and in the meantime, for those that want to learn about rides going on all across the country, they can go to AARC.org and click on the ride calendar. If you're new to this board and you want to learn or you want to learn more about it, uh, uh, look around for the education link and look up the clinics. And they are putting clinics on all across the country now. So you can go and uh, just kind of get your feet wet, learn a little bit about the sport and uh, get started because uh, this is a, a fun sport to do, as you can tell. Because <laughs> that's all we have to talk about is how that's much right. fun it is, right? Yeah. And it is a good time. And you don't have to be at FI, FEI level to do this sport. Most of, the, most of the riders in this country are not. So No, you can start out with an intro ride, a limited distance ride, you know, a 50, 70, 500, and, or go on up to the multi-day pioneer rides, which take uh, place over the course of three to five days. So there's a lot of choices out there. And um, we're always in need of volunteers at the rides, too. So if you'd like to do that and, and learn that way, uh, give uh, a ride manager near you a call or email and get in touch and ask if uh, they can use your help. Now, two things before we wrap up. Uh, I'm getting questions from listeners. They want to know what the name of Valerie's Facebook page was, and it was two something, and I cannot remember what the rest of it was. Do you remember? Uh, s- yes, yeah, second makes through starting gates. So, okay, because that's so With difficult. I, she couldn't make it any harder. Uh, so it was uh, second makes M A K E S. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. Second and makes through, through starting through, gates. And it's spelled T-H-R-U. 
<laughs> As I said, she couldn't <laughs> made it any harder. Uh, so if you if you start typing in second two N D makes through it'll it'll pop up. Then it pops it up. Will. And Jennifer will. will put a link to uh, it on our Facebook page as well. So I, I uh, think she's already done that. Oh, has she? <laughs> okay, good. Well, then hop on over to Facebook and find it there. Second makes through starting gates. And then the other thing is we have to change how we do contests and things, giveaways from now on, because our group is not qualified to tag anything. Um, <laughs> as soon as you said tag something, first of all, half the time on Facebook, tagging just doesn't work. I mean, I have trouble doing it on Facebook with with things with our own websites. I can't tag it because it doesn't <laughs> pop up. So we'll have to come up with something different next time. <laughs> I know. Well, everybody put out the effort, though. I can see there's several posts already. Um, everybody wanting to try the Redmond uh, Daily Gold product. So that's kind we'll, we'll of cool. We'll let Redmond but... figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> they, can, they can figure that out. Mike needs something to do. He's bored up there in Utah. He has nothing to do. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this Endurance Day. If you've missed past episodes of Karen, you can find all of the past Endurance episodes. Just go to horsesinthemorning.com and search for Endurance or search for Karen Chatton, and they'll pop up. Karen has a excellent blog. It's one of the most popular in the Endurance world. I give everybody that. Uh, it's my name, KarenChatton.com. Simple and easy. There's easy lots find. of good advice. Yes. If you're going to go do a long-distance ride, whether it's an endurance ride or just a fun trail ride, and you're going out for a long distance, go to Karen's website and go back through past blogs. Because you really, I mean, all of that applies to anybody doing a distance ride. Um, exactly. Yeah. I've got stuff on there, how to organize your trailer, uh, you know, just all sorts of things that could be useful, useful products and items that you probably should have if you're traveling with your horses. Uh, lots of uh, useful information, uh, things like that are on there. And uh, there's years worth of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, the uh, uh, there's, there's a reason that Valerie went to Karen for advice is because she's the queen and knows everything. <laughs> So that's why we all well, go to Karen. Not everything, but I'm still learning. You know, we're all still learning. And, and that's the cool thing with horses because they're always so humbling and they're always teaching us as we go. And look, she just learned how to make sweet water, which, by the way, sounds <laughs> like it should be uh, alcoholic, doesn't it? <laughs> you never, maybe for the horse it is. They like, well, it, you know, it's. They like it. You so, let that brain you know, in there long enough, it will be alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. Maybe no, if they, you put it in at the beginning of the ride, by the time you're done with the 100, uh, you'd have you'd have an alcohol content, and it would taste even better. Possibly, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, you know, just any little help, you know, get your horse to drink even just a little bit more, you know. And, and then, of course, my horse the one that drank the most, he was peeing like crazy. <laughs> of course, you'd have to stop every two miles and go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was insane. So we'll see if this keeps up, if how it works on the next ride or two, if, if they're going to continue to to drink well. And they both have learned to drink really well because I started out taking them on rides where we would go a really long way between water sources. And so they learned that they better drink because it might be several hours before they see water again. And I think that's one of the best ways really to teach a horse how to drink. Um, but, you know, every little thing we can do to, you know, encourage them is kind of a fun thing. And I like, you know, trying new things, especially when they work. Not everything I've 
tried has worked, you know, over the years. Um, but this seemed to be working. I had people coming up to me all weekend at the ride, uh, thanking me for posting about it on Facebook because they tried it and now their horses were drinking like crazy better than before. So it was kind of cool. There you go. Well, thank you, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with another show here on Horses in the Morning. We'll see if Jamie's making it back from Hawaii or not. Uh, One of the disadvantages of having your husband as a pilot for American Airlines and getting free trips is that you have to take the standby. So sometimes you don't get to come home when you want. So we'll see (laughs) if she, uh, as of last night, she called me and they had not gotten the flight back yet. So, uh, and I said, oh, bummer, you have to stay another night in Maui. That's really tough. Oh. Yeah, that's just, you know, <laughs> make us make us all feel pity for you, Jamie. Uh, but we'll see if she's here tomorrow morning. Regardless, we'll be here at Horses in the Morning at 9 a.m. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for really bad ads this week. That'll be happening on Friday as usual. Thank you, Karen. Have some great rides and some uh, happy miles this month. Thanks. All right. See you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>